a movie based on time travel and space travel that the director probably never watched a movie on time travel and space travel before. Scoring a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, we watched Lost in Space. This is episode number 23. Let's listen to that non-space-themed intro music. Ace Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Cinema Shredders, the podcast that looks at the good, the bad, and mostly the ugly of some generally terrible films. Uh, That's our tagline, and we're sticking to it. I'm your host, as always, for every episode, Ryan Merwine, and welcome uh, to the early parts of December. Uh, we're, we're flying into this month. We took a week off two weeks ago. Now we're striving through into the holidays that will be, uh, springing us forward into various other movies and a Christmas, uh, special at the end. So, uh, strap into this month, guys. Uh, happy to have you all along. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> this podcast, we, we watched a movie. We rip it apart, we make fun of it, and we try to find some sort of good parts out of it. So thank you to all of our new listeners and old listeners alike. Joining me on the space journey that is Lost in Space, the 1998 classic? Uh, <laughs> but joining me on this wonderful journey is a friend. You know him, you love him, you've had him. If you listen to this podcast, he's been on quite a few and done a wonderful job, I might add. Uh, the great Bill Gardner. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, man. Uh, thanks for joining us and, and sitting through this two-hour and ten-minute-long, I'm going to say, Snorefest. God, I just... When I, when I saw that it was two hours and ten minutes, and the first part of the movie went by, I'm like, my God, this is going to go so long, like a Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. I mean, it was going to go long. I, I, I saw this two hour and ten minutes, and I'm like, you know, I tend to always pick these. I don't know why, but I'm like, <laughs> it's it's sci-fi, it's space. It's definitely something I can get into, so I'm like, let's do this. I found this movie on just a general hold to kind of give everyone a sense. I found it really boring for a sci-fi movie that's supposed to be filled with – I feel action and wonder. Absolutely. It was the same thing. And I remember seeing the movie when it first came out. When, like, not in theaters, but, I don't know, I may have rented it or something. When, when, when we were kids and it came out and I was like, oh, nice, a space movie with action, monsters, robots, especially the robots in spaceships flying through space. And then you watch it and then it's just like, oh, God, what... What did I waste? I know. It's it's so crazy because this movie's general plot, to kind of go right into the thick of things here, um, it's it's filled with space exploration and, and, and traveling through that with mixing with time travel as well and, and robots and... And ships getting stuck and lost and trying to figure out where they're going and encountering these crazy enemies. And it's like, man, this has a lot. And it's amazing that looking back at it, you're like, it was filled with a lot of those things. And yet still somehow found a way to keep me so unentertained that I had to watch this piece of shit twice. And still missed parts. <laughs> it, it was. It's one of those movies that definitely... Um... They, when they were showing it on TV commercial-wise, they were hyping everybody up. They were showing, like, the action-packed scenes. They were showing, like, the big scenes that they wanted, get people hyped up. And uh, it just failed to deliver every aspect of every, every all the lists that you gave. 
for what this movie should have been. Yeah, and what's sad is, for those of you who don't know, this is based on, it was like a movie remake of a 1960s TV series um, called Lost in Space. And it was about the Robinson family and traveling around, I guess, trying to find their way home. I don't know. I, I never once watched an episode of it. But I did know about it because the the catchphrase and the tagline of this movie, which was the robots, was Danger Will Robinson Danger. That I knew that, that, f- that like, quote. I knew that slogan, that phrase of what you will. And... um. I, when I saw this movie, I'm like, oh, my God, that's what it's from. And I'm like, right. no way is it from this. And that's when I'm like, oh, okay, it's based on the, the TV show. Okay, okay, these these things make sense now. Yeah, I um, never watched the original TV series. But when I looked it up on, I think, Wikipedia or something, I likened the TV show to basically if – and if some of you listeners don't know what I'm talking about, I feel really old for Gilligan's Island. Um, that's what I like. That's what I compared Lost in Space to. Basically, Gilligan's Island, but in space. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's what I gathered from it, anyway. I mean, it was around the same time period. <laughs> it, it, it helped. It, it was a great being lost somewhere is a great MacGuffin. For a TV series, because you can spend season after season just attempting to find your way, and, and all it's you need so to do is easy. Throw in throw in a cast of different characters and all their wacky adventures while they try to get their way home or whatever it was. It's great. It's one of the easiest MacGuffins to have as an overall plot, uh, as uh, overarching plot idea, because then you can literally do anything you want with it. And it's just because that's on their journey to get their way there. So you can just put any bits that you want, and it makes sense with the overarching plot. But it's such a, it's such an intangible thing when you think about it. And I mean, and this movie kind of ba- it basically was just a really long TV episode. Yeah, it, it had that feel and that kind of build to it, uh, which I, it I don't know. It had is the right term to use. Um, I don't know. <sighs> I think the problem that that bothered me with this movie is they did the, apparently they tried to base it off of the TV show and apparently failed at it. They they missed all the wit and the humor that existed back then and all the fun quirks about it. They apparently missed the point of it. I like I don't know. I didn't watch the TV show, but I'm watching this movie not based I don't I'm not looking for it for okay. Here's my argument with things when you remake something or if you make a movie based upon an old TV show and you try to bring something back, you need to do two things in this movie. And this is the this is the challenge. One, you need to have enough throwbacks to the things so the fans of that that are watching this go, oh, yeah, that's what I wanted. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted. And two, you need to make a compelling enough movie that someone who has not seen all those things still goes, well, that was a really good thing, and maybe I should get into those that old thing that once existed. Because you, you've, you've been blessed with the gift of here's an entire bit of content that you don't need to make. This this idea is already done for you. Now you taking on that task is make it make sense and make it work. That's your job. That's your only job in this movie. Not to make anything new. The Robinson family existed. Their characters existed. All you had to do was feed off of who they were and progress things. And when you fail at that, you literally have done nothing. <laughs> We get the we get this movie. The, basically, it sums up. We get this movie, um, and you're absolutely right, Ryan. Uh, if you don't have that consistency, you go back to the TV show. You bring out those quirky catchphrases, those quirky character traits that happen in the show. I mean, okay, break it down. You have a cast that you don't e- a cast of characters that you don't even like. You don't even know them. They're basically just blank canvases when you when they talk a plot that mm, it had it had something at the beginning like at the beginning of the film the first part of the film basically had a had a plot and then literally about halfway through 
the the plot stopped. It's just like they just they it's like they cut the plot in half and just said, "All right, all right, we're good." Yeah, it it lost track of what it, its main purpose was. I feel, and again, because I think it was like it was that long TV episode feel to it, mm-hmm. where it took them too long to get to the point where they needed to be. So in order to get there, they just had to throw in random ways that they got there. And that's what I was going off of is that like, I didn't watch the TV series. So I'm sure that the, the science from 1960s where they believed this movie, okay. The TV series took place in the future of 1997 or something, which was when this was being created. Clearly, we don't have that crazy space travel <laughs> that they thought would exist in the 60s. So their science, I'm sure, was a bit off. Mm-hmm. But we learned from that, and we like we did a lot of stuff in the 90s with space travel. Nowhere near what we did now, but like we knew, like make it make at least try a bit, try a little. Like I, it's sci-fi. It, it, it's crazy stuff to begin with, but at least try to make it make. Some sense, just just a little bit. Like when they were talking about the rockets and how the the Jupiter thing would work and the launch systems that needed to do right. and Stargate systems that would propel it. It was gibberish, and like they in a nineteen sixties mindset, they were like, I don't even know what any of that means. And golly, make it make sense. Explain what a Stargate is. Like they were just throwing around jargon mm-hmm. that. They were giving no backing to, and which gave them limitless possibilities as to what the technology or those things meant, because no one knew what they were, so they could just do whatever they wanted to. So they're like, "Well, that was that's going to sling us into places of uncharted space that we don't know. How? Why? What? Then don't do it. Like, there's just so many things there. If, like, if you they, can't figure out." you can't figure out your own idea don't use it yeah and they're just like it just was it was just thrown in there where you didn't need to think about it and didn't even be thought about because like the director went like oh it's sci-fi people don't understand that they don't need to which which is my argument for when we talk about like the set i don't know how we're going to talk about this movie but like the second part of the movie like was so unneeded um like after after um, that big ship explodes and they crash land on the planet, the crash landing like, part and how that like all basically triggered. once that happened, I'm like, okay, this is this is the second part of this the movie basically. That the entire section was so unneeded, which and the time traveling thing was so unneeded because it nothing made sense after that. It's just like okay, we're on this planet. Okay, we need to go find this uh, power source for our ship. Makes sense. Oh, we're in the future inside a bubble. Yeah, I I fully agree with you. But this is one of these movies that that always pisses me off. And I love doing them on on this podcast because it's ones that they start so slow. And you're like, oh, and they're dragging. They finally start to get interesting. You're like, okay. And then all of a sudden they go completely off the rails where you're like, wait, 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 what, wait, what, why, wait, what's happening? And they just attack you, and they're like, oh, shit, we only have 20 minutes to sum this up. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's just throw every single thing at it, and it's just like, we needed to get this guy in this location. How does it happen? It just does. <laughs> it's just like, they like panic, and they're like, oh, my God, we have to film this in two days. Let's just and, get it done. And I'm sure if people who, who are listening have already – May, may have seen this film before or are watching it now and pausing this but you notice in the second part like the second part of this movie everything literally it's like they rushed it they just rushed everything it's like okay we gotta do that oh look it's like oh look now we gotta escape now it's like we were just here 25 minutes ago yeah and i'm sorry but the big part of this and I, what was supposed to be a large reveal is when they go into this time bubble Older Will is there, the son. So you have Older Will, and that was supposed to like be the big reveal, and it was just so anticlimactic. And it it's such a weird universe that they live in where they're they're so confused and 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 distraught about being in an uncharted area of space and they need to figure out how to get home. Yet 
and they're like, I, like, and, and like, robot spiders is is crazy to them. Like they they can't ponder that, and it's insane and and scary. But this guy meets his older son in a time bubble, and he's just like, oh hey man, <laughs> like they acted as though n- no one was mind blown by this. Uh, nobody. So my thought of of when that happened was. Like maybe the dad wasn't because he's like, oh, my my son was working on a time project, so he did it. But the dad didn't really believe the son could do it, is what I gathered. So then, if that's true, when he sees his older son, he should be like, oh my god, Will, you fucking did it. I I I can't I can't. And he's just like, oh oh hey, uh. Yeah, hey, your bubble's uh, messing things up there, Will. Right, that was the one thing I picked up. Like immediately, like once he finds out, it's like just starts bashing the work. It's like yeah. destroying the. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah, hey, you, hey, fucko, you know your your time bubble's screwing up everything, right? You're causing a bunch of earthquakes. Like, like it, what a dick. Yeah, and it just so quickly went to that point, and. The other, like, we're skipping over the whole first half of the movie, and almost, I'm almost okay with that. Yeah. Because all the, for for everyone who has not seen this, the first half of this movie is basically Matt LeBlanc uh, taking up the screen and arguing that he's an alpha. <laughs> I, had an, I had an issue with Matt LeBlanc in this film so much. Like immediately once I once I remembered that he was in this film, I'm like, okay, they just they literally just added him because they wanted people to actually like pit like watch this movie. He's like, hey, it's Joey from Friends. Come watch this movie. Yeah, he was so unneeded. What was interesting about it is like how he got hired and stuff through that process. Like he was shooting Friends while this was happening Mm -hmm. so i thought as well bill that i'm like oh they threw him in because friends was popular at the time so this would get people to watch the movie not true the the director and a lot of the crew has never even seen an episode of friends when this happened yeah so they like casted him not out of his like oh he's popular in friends they casted him legit Like, (laughs) like like they got him they're like he's our guy which is crazy because the guy apparently before him was going to be Matthew Perry, who was also in Friends, and they still like what a weird this world that they that this movie was made in. The director <laughs> didn't know what Friends was, but was trying to cast two guys starring in Friends. You know what's funny though? Um, in the one scene where he fights off those alien spider parts, and like he has that metal mask that forms around his face. Yeah, where did that come from, by the way? That is a, that's actually a stunt double. <laughs> no, so they can just get him to do all the stunts, and it was great because they just CGI'd a mask over him anyway? Basically, I think uh, I think he was filming an episode of Friends when they were doing that. <laughs> it was to give him... <laughs> it was to give... It was give him more flexibility of the filming schedule, so all they did, they took the stunt double, CGI'd a mask on his face, and played the scene out that makes much more sense knowing that because when the mask came out i'm like what is this what is happening and what does that do and literally all it does is allow you close-ups on that character (laughs) (laughs) without actually using that character (laughs) a big a big piece of metal just formed out from your neck which is borderline genius but also (laughs) like i definitely saw that happen and i go what the hell is this? <laughs> like, it's not like he turned into a superhero. He didn't gain right? superpowers. The mask didn't do anything for him, spe- like, special. It kept his mouth from getting the, <laughs> the spider blood on him. I guess. Literally. Yeah. As soon as that happened, he just, he, the mask goes away. I'm like, what, the f- what was the point of that? Oh, my gosh. There was not. I'm like, uh, the whole thing, I'm like, what... It, it like I'm like he acted like he was a superhero. Like he's like, oh, here it comes. And, <laughs> that was his moment. That was his moment for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and like, wh- wh- why? What? 
And again, like I just think it's like it's sci-fi. People won't people that's what happens now. That's what people do. And like all the science in this, like the little kid with the weird the robot thing. God, there's yeah. so much to talk about in this movie. But I think I think another I I thought about this. Um I think the problem with this movie is because they of how the characters acted. I think everybody expected more sequels to come out from this first movie. And so I think that's why the characters seem so <clears throat> non-existent. Like they just made certain certain points of characters, but they were hoping that more sequels would come out so they can expand more on those characters and gradually become more likable, sort of like the TV show. But yeah. obviously that didn't work out. I mean, you're you're not wrong, and I, I see where they're coming from. But again, like you, when you're making a movie, you have to make the movie. Like it's not a TV episode where you can have a bad episode and people go like, "Ooh, that was a very good episode." But they can keep watching it. Like this is a movie. You need to create – there has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a change in characters and plot and devices throughout that progression in order to have an actual movie. And it's true. Like, Penny, the character Penny, first of all, she was terrible in this movie. Um, Also, her voice annoyed me, and I'm like, it sounds like a familiar annoyance. And then I learned she played – she was in the Wild Thornberries. She played the, the main girl in Wild Thornberries who loved the wild thornberries, did not like the voice of that character. So these things now made sense. Like, I was... When I, when I saw all the characters in, like, a, one, of, one of, like, their shots when they were all in it together, I was, like, looking at each character, like, based on, like, how useful are you? It's like, Penny? Useless. Unneeded in the movie. Um, uh, Joey from Friends, I could... I could, I'm very, like, he was unneeded so much. The father was, uh, William Hurt, yeah. uh, as the, uh, the father Robinson. I just wanted to kick his ass every time he, he spoke. He was the most, he, he, I'll, I'll give William Hurt this. He did something I never thought could be done in acting. Now that sounds like a compliment, but here's what I'm going to tell you. He was, he managed to overact and yet be flat as anything at the exact same time. He pulled he pulled a Nicolas Cage. Which is imp- – yeah. Yeah, which was really impressive because, like, he was so flat and just, like right. – Like, he was almost like the boring parts of – who's the main guy from Taken? William Neeson. William Neeson's, like, lulled moments all the time through this and yet was still, like, over the top. Where I was like, let's calm down, John. (laughs) He was very calm. It was a really awkward and unsettling time for me. Not a fan of William Hurt, apparently. Yeah. Every character... Well, William Hurt, I don't know what he thought he was doing with it. The Father Robinson is just a piece of shit father, apparently. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was weird because... You're supposed to gather things, but, like, he was – to me, he's like, okay, he's he's trying to keep the family together, uh, but he's too focused on his work. Um, and then, like – and at the end, it was this whole thing that he he never cared for Will and never would listen to him. But that really didn't come up all that frequently. Through. Everybody would men- everybody would mention, it's like, John, you need, to, you need to talk to Will. You need to spend time with Will. It was like – but we have no evidence that he like treats Will like a piece of shit. Yeah, like it, it, his his bad his bad father move is he's busy trying to fly through space, and Will's like, "I have an idea to make a time thing," and he's just like, "You're insane," and moved on with his life. Like my dad got pissed off when I wore tight pants for the first time in my life. Like this guy's he's doing all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he won't listen to you with your crazy time idea doesn't mean that he hates you and he wants nothing to do with you, Will. Just, like, calm down. You're trying to get his attention, but there's a lot going on. Now, he's not a great father, but also, like, to the point where Will disowns him and randomly, like, gets fathered by someone else and turns into, like, a homeless meth addict is (laughs) such an odd transition to do. 
<laughs> just because he's like, you said you would come back and you didn't. <laughs> that was 20 years ago. I'm like, then why the hell are you still here? But, but um, there, there, there's such a disconnect with characters because then, like, you have the wife who is supposed to be like a, a strong male or female. Um, that would have been crazy, right? <laughs> Mimi Rogers had a surprise. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, did you not notice in uh, 45 minutes into that movie, Mimi Rogers just pulls out and just has a big old dick? <laughs> we don't remember. We don't remember that part. Well, I love how she. Uh... Basically, just stop those two from fighting. Remember that scene? He's yeah, like, hey, that, hey. What else did she do in the movie? Nothing. She did all the bitch work where she's just like, I uh, have the coordinates. Uh, yeah, I see this is happening. Yeah, I'm opening the doors now. <laughs> yeah, basically, that was it. I mean, seriously. And same with Dr. Uh, Judy Robinson. Like, that was that the daughter? Yeah, she was. She is the oldest not, daughter. Yeah, of the three. That was very difficult to tell, even as well. And I, she, I don't know what she did either. Like, who? What were her character attributes? I thought she was supposed to be like the medical doctor, not Gary Oldman's character. Like, she was supposed to be the doctor on board on the team. Yeah, it was very confusing because there were a lot of doctors and they were using the term doctor as if medical doctor and doctor as in you have your doctorate interchangeably, which really confused me because well, they ke- the the line that kept happening was, "Yes, I am a doctor." And I'm like, well, <laughs> "All right, what? uh I actually uh let's backtrack for that reason because I think if I remember correctly, um, in the original TV series, um, the the U.S. government basically picked this family at random, and the Robinsons were were the random family, but they all happened to be scientists and doctors in their own special field or whatever. Yeah, with, so a, with apparently a boy genius as well. <laughs> who invented time travel. <laughs> invented time travel, invented artificial intelligence, and it invented artificial intelligence that understands emotions. And baseball. <laughs> Dude. Okay. First of all, let's talk about the robot. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, the juicy part here. Okay. First of all, the robot really served no purpose. It, it did things, I guess. Not really. His investment to the robot was absurd, though. Like, I, I thought I fell asleep during this movie. Because I missed a lot of it in the first time through because I just could not focus and spaced out. And I watched it again, and I, I'm like, I don't know if I really spaced out that much. I, I, I just really think you you just you either had to follow it or you, you just did it. That's all it was because he this robot goes to kill them, be, be, right? Yes. <laughs> it's... Because Gary Oldman's character was an assassin. No, he's and... a doctor. Right, yeah, right. It's Dr. Smith. But he, he tried to kill the Robinsons using the robot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I may, well, once again, I may have spaced out at this part, but I gather yeah. it was he utilized the robot to kill the Robinsons. Yeah, that was the point. And then he was supposed to escape, but he got knocked out. He got knocked out, so he didn't, and they, and they also didn't kill the Robinsons. So he's on board with that then, and then they keep him alive because because they're human? I, I, I don't know. I didn't follow why they kept him alive. Uh, they made a really weak plot point where the uh, Judy character was yeah. unconscious, about to die, and then Gary Owen's like, I'm the only one that can save her. I'm like, You're right. You're you right, have two other doctor. doctors right here that might know what they're doing. I sorry, I completely forgot about the part where she was like remained frozen or something like that. Forgot about that part. Regardless, so the robot goes to kill them. Then randomly, this boy will like hacks the robot to make him a giant co- remote control robot, basically. Which then the robot also the robot named robot. Let's yeah. be very clear on that. <laughs> um, it is called robot. Yeah, robot then dies from these. Sp- crazy space spiders and then <laughs> the, the the transition is penny says to will it first of all the robot dies and will just goes bye robot 
and like as if like a serial killer child just killed his own pet like the the lack of emotion and then penny goes to comfort him with his lack of emotion is like that's okay we might be able to save him and he's like save him perfect and then he creates artificial intelligence inside a glass tube Am I correct in saying that? Because I think I'm right. That was that is robots' only storyline. That is basically it. Once that happened, that was it. He was done. Yeah, and then like they use they use the same guy who voiced the robot in the 1960s version to voice the robot in this version. Yeah, which basically. is impressive because he's he aged quite a bit and he still sounded good, but. It, what's amazing is Robot sounded like he was right out of the 1960s. Which, when you think about it, Robot was supposed to be a 1987 robot. But then in the new version, because they couldn't put it in the 1990s because it was the 90s and we weren't there yet. So this is supposed to be a 2058, the year 2058 robot. And he sounds like he's still on the old time radio. <laughs> like, he just had such like a 1950s, 1960s acting sound. Right. Let's not, let's not men and let's just not even mention the way it, the robot looked. Like, Which one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so the first robot in the movie is this – it's this giant gray hulking-looking thing that literally could not uh, could not uh, roll right through a doorway. And somehow it can, it can actually have amazing mobility <laughs> and look where it served in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> literally gets died. Literally gets killed. Yeah, gets killed, like, this kid spends, I don't know, here, here next question, before we go into more about the robot, because I, I could talk about the robot for five hours, Basically. but how long was this movie? Like, in, in movie time, how many days did this take place over? Do we know? I want to say it had to have been two, maybe three days. See, that... that that's what I like have in my head too, and I go, that can't be though, right? Like there's, there's no way that's true, but it feels like it's true. Yeah, I saw them go to bed once for sure, because they were like preparing the bed while they had this weird dialogue about how he needs to talk to Will, and he's just trying to keep the family together. And she hits him with a pillow. Which let's 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 backtrack here. There was no strife between the family at all. That family was actually a decent family. It was like a normal family. There was no internal conflict that we're going to separate. Basically, no. They were very cohesive. They worked very well under stress and pressure. They were able to give directions to one another very easily. Uh, they got themselves out of quite sticky situations. The biggest conflict that happened was between John and Matt LeBlanc. And the wife is like, hey, stop your 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 pissing battle here. <laughs> call Basically. And, stop and she's like, next to each other. You're both terrible. I may have found a way out of here. And they're like, okay, right, that's fair enough. Like, the, right. the amount of conflict that lasted in that was like two minutes and that was it. Like, it's so bizarre. This movie had no good protagonist, no good antagonist. Like, it was just a whole lot of just time passing. It's it was. very bizarre. And it, it, like it goes back to, like, uh, Matt LeBlanc. Like, how I didn't appreciate him, him being in um, the movie because... <clears throat> I felt like they were trying to make a Joey in space, where he would, he acted like the foil to the to the entire Robinson family. Like they were so smart and they were so scientific, and when they would say stuff, Matt LeBlanc would come in with the the shitty one liners and try to add comedy to it. I'm like, you're not even needed here. Here he had the worst one liners, and I wrote one down specifically because it was one of those things that was 
it was obvious that it was supposed to be a delivery, like, right, they were coming out of space or whatever, they were launching away from the spider thing, and his line that they zoomed in on, and, like, this was, like, it acted like it was supposed to be a punchline to a joke or something, and his line was this, first yellow aliens, now giant spiders. Is that a... (laughs) Is that a joke? Like, you literally, all he did was recap literally what happened where you you found a yellow alien and then giant spiders so like is w- was he doing a play on something like n- it, <laughs> and then, basically and then, and then like t- a couple seconds later he did another one where, where it was just like and going in for the touchdown or, or something like that <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, were they just? Did they have him just sit there and just start saying things, and that's the best two that they could come up with? And they're like, they're both bad, but instead of giving just one bad, like one good one, what if we give them two not good ones? That's like equal to one okay one, right? Every time he spoke, I just, I felt so, I felt like I just got stupider and stupider, just like. Uh, and can we t- – I have to mention this. I felt so uncomfortable when Matt LeBlanc and uh, – what was her name? Heather Graham. Uh, Judy, yeah. Right, Judy. They would have their little rapport. And I'm like, she's, she looks so un- – she looks like eight, barely 18, and he looks like he's in his 30s. And I'm just like, I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how old they were, but yeah, Judy appeared to be 18 years old. And Matt LeBlanc, even at the time where he looked good, still was in his late 30s. For for sure, at least appeared to be in his late 30s. So it was just absolutely insane to have them have, attempt to have a will-they-won't-they type uh thing going on especially the kissing scene at the end where like she like she gives like that teasing peck on the cheek but then then she comes back around like this is on credit and they just go full on mac and and the entire family is watching like oh my god this is terrible yeah it was very the will they won't they thing that they had going started off early where it was kind of like, oh, you can't tell. And then when they had that one meeting in the hub where he was basically, like, saying, I'm going to rape you and it's okay. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds so bad. Yeah, because he was like, he was like uh, so we're the only single of uh, legal age people alone on the planet. Did you ever watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? He yeah. was basically doing the dentist system, where he was giving them the like the fact that like he's like put him out on a cruise ship to give him the implication. It's the implication, and that was the thing. Like where like there's nothing she can do. She she can't say no. Was like the attitude I got. And I'm like this is uncomfortable. And then she smacked him, and it was fine. But I'm like that was a very uncomfortable situation happening, and I can kind of segue into this that that scene went on way too long. To get to the point of she smacked him and she's just like, hey, I'm not that easy. Which could have happened way before a lots of awkward, weird conversations between each other. Just like there were other scenes that just were super long. Like when little Will and uh, Jack Johnson is the kid who he was terrible, by the way. But Jack oh, Johnson God. and Gary Oldman are, are walking to go into the time bubble. And he's just like, the bubble's getting bigger. And it starts getting big, and he's just like, Will, where are you? Where are you, boy? Where are you? And he's just like, I'm here. All right, let's go. <laughs> like, we didn't need remember, any of that to happen. You remember that uh, Family Guy scene where it shows the Lost in Space cast? You remember that? It was like an old episode. It was like an older episode. And I, I think I do. It, it goes like um, how uh, John uh, – or. What's his name? Yeah, John Robinson splits splits the families up, and the last one is Will and uh, Doctor Smith, Gary Oldman's. And <laughs> the way the way the father delivers, like, Will, you go with the robot and this boy hungry pedophile yeah. into the canyon over there. I'm like, that's how that's how I felt whenever Will and 
uh, Doctor Smith, Gary o- Gary Oldman's character interacted. I feel like, like I feel like there's gonna be a lawsuit. That's so true. Yeah, that was that was really bizarre and very strange. That just the interaction between these characters were so flat and so just uncomfortable and and unsettling. And and what helped emphasize the unsettling nature of this of this movie were the, were the terrible graphics. Oh my God! Thank God we're t- finally talking about I that. Mean, I get that it's 1998, but then just don't do this movie yet. Or or right? it was just it was so bad, like everything. And and to recap. Uh, 1998 was actually a big year where a bunch of pop uh, movies that sported like popular icons, like for instance, that sh- crappy Godzilla movie in New York, oh, for yeah. one. And I'm using that one as an example. The Godzilla in that was pure CGI, but compared to this movie, a hundred times better. Yeah, and like essentially, they they chose to create. Was it a Blarf? Uh, yeah, Blarp or something like that. Blarp? Barf or Barf? I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> I think it was like Blarp or something. I had it written down and I, I lost it already. Apparently, that, it was. I, I don't have, even have that many notes. And I that unnecessary it. monkey. Yeah, and and it, it's fine. I kind of liked him as being a character. He didn't have much of a purpose, but I like those yeah. weird characters. Apparently, they were going to make him like use him as a puppet like they're going to make a puppet of him and they're like uh oh, we don't like it it doesn't he doesn't look real enough i'm like so you went with this yeah <laughs> it looked terrible i would have rather have seen like a puppet like almost like a gizmo like puppet from um or like yoda yeah like a yoda yeah I mean, that was back in the 70s. We have better puppets uh, nowadays. I would have rather seen him as a puppet-type thing because the CGI was so blatantly CGI that it oh my God, was yeah. unsettling to see. I hate – okay. So much of it, like the the mask-type things that they wore all the time, like when, especially when Matt LeBlanc goes to sleep, like it comes over to his, his eyes, and it looks like something I made in paint when I was in like high school. Right? It looked like a giant slug. Yeah, and it was so obviously not, like, on every, him. Like, it was obvious that it was an that, overlay. Like, everything that w- – every setting, you just – you just – you're like, this is not real at all. They're just standing in a – in front of a green screen. Yeah. It's, and it's just – for a movie – like, I get it. I get that, that CGI wasn't great at the time. But at, back when it wasn't that great, when they used it – they only used it at portions and certain things that, like, they needed it for or something along those lines. Like, Star Wars looked better, and that was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they just tried too heavily to use CGI that didn't work that, like, we know it it's not great. We, I understand that in the 90s, it's not where it was today where we can make things look like they do. But right. with don't use that much of it then like back in the day when cgi was there it was like they used it for like one enemy or something like that and even those movies it was laughable at the time where (laughs) like like if they did it that bad and that poorly but like everything in this movie was cgi and it was not good cgi oh god how did i miss that as a child jeez um it just got to the point where like, it was just – it was really annoying and just – I lost my interest I because it was did enjoy, so fake. Right? The one thing that I did enjoy, which I did not realize, was that if people are, are fans of The Walking Dead, how Morgan uh, is in this movie for five seconds, granted, but he is actually in the movie. Yeah, he, Well, he has, he has two appearances because he appears at the beginning when he yeah, – he's got – crashes or whatever and then, then he's got he, like he's got like a five minute um yeah. he's got like five minute total screen time oh yeah yeah no was that but yeah yeah he was he was he was in it too it was pretty cool it was interesting the cast wasn't was wasn't horrendous um some of them didn't 
you know, weren't in a whole lot of great things later on. Well, it was actually pretty. It was a pretty ensemble cast for that for the time. Yeah, being. for the time and the gather thing, and they were able to get a lot of people as cameos uh, that were in the original. Yes, um, the TV show. So they got a, a lot of the those casts to come back as just like little tiny, you know, different things in there, which was which is kind of cool for a throwback. But like, do it justice, like God. And, and they also didn't let the guy who played young Will in the in the TV show to come back as adult Will in the in this in this which movie. Which didn't make which wouldn't which would make more sense. Yeah, I, I but think, it, uh, they, they thought it wouldn't make sense, but I'm like, I feel like that completely <laughs> makes sense. That would actually bring more like diehard fans of the old TV series to be like, yes, yes, older Will is older the Will, first Will, <laughs> right? He's the Will then, but instead they they ended up going with Jared Harris, who apparently couldn't voice act or something. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened, but they dubbed him. He was all dubbed, and you notice right? it. Like I noticed it before I even knew it. I'm like, this looks completely dubbed. Like it's not syncing up right. And I'm like, what happened that they had to dub him? Like even when he's like looking like mouth at the camera, it all I could find was that he wasn't able. He didn't have the chops to do it. Well, like, he did he, did he sound like a weirdo or something? No, like, he he has a very um, distinct accent to his voice which is which i which was my confusion as to why they chose him then if he was supposed to be an older will and then suddenly he has this like accent i'm not sure where he originated from but so he couldn't basically he couldn't talk enough almost like the original will in order to do it so they had to dub him yeah that's stupid because he didn't even look that much like young will to even use him like just find someone that you don't have to dub the vocals for and now and now that we're talking on that subject uh spoiler alert everybody there is an older will and all that jazz um can we, can we talk about how stupid older will is yeah please i mean okay so apparently the time bubble that that is on this planet that they crash land on apparently in this time bubble, a future happened where uh, Gary Oldman mutated into like a half human, half spider thing, and murdered uh, the mom and the two sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, jo- uh, John Robinson disappeared somewhere. Uh, I think he like found a ship and went to like Hawaii or something. We don't know. That's the weird part. Because in my head, how I understood it, Bill, is that. He disappeared to try to look to save his family. Mm -hmm. It completely doesn't make any sense with time travel and how it works. Any kind of idea of a time paradox. Because in my head what happened, like the ship was crash landed on the same planet, which means that Mm -hmm. whole thing with blowing up the spider things happened. Oldman was bitten by the spider thing, which led it, and they crashed there. So then his dad went, I'll be back. I'm leaving. I have to go try and save us. And then he that was him leaving that ship and he got lost in the future with future will. Like that's what right. I understood. He's like, You never you never came back. And he's like, Well no shit, because I'm in here with you right now. <laughs> it's like But uh, going back to it, um, so Smith is this giant uh, mutant spider. Yeah, straight up a spider, and, yeah. <laughs> and apparently he told he told a young Will at the time that the spa- some of the space spiders from uh, like 25 minutes ago actually survived and came down. And in my head, I'm like, you're a hulking spider thing. How- Why would I believe you? Yeah. He was evil the whole movie. And then Will's like, okay, daddy. <laughs> and basically, I'm starved for attention. You're my dad now. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like my old dad just because uh, – well, I don't really know why, but I don't like him. So I guess you're my new dad. <laughs> you seem like a, you seem like a pretty good guy. And got some spiders. Him, it took him until like he saw his his actual dad to be like, right? Something doesn't seem right here. And, and they've been, and they've like they've like survived together for twenty years. I'm like, how the hell does it take you that long? You're you invented time travel. How is this plot hole yeah. so? Uh, 
it took him it took him what we believe to be one day to create artificial intelligence with emotion because ultimately really quick because we're out of, we're out of time now but we missed so much but I, right the, the robot he, will was able to get through to the robot to help him by saying don't think with logic think with emotion and he's just like we love will robinson <laughs> like no that's not at all how things work. Everything has a heart. Like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's a machine. <laughs> he does not have a heart. And he's just like, <laughs> the robot overrides his own. Rips the, rips the little toy toy box off his body. <laughs> it was so weird. And him teaching him, like, baseball and stuff was just, it's my warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Like, the voice of robot was bonkers. All right, but we are out of time. We have to go into our segments now uh, so we can wrap this episode up. So we'll go into our segments now. The very first one is how much you learned. Will we talk a little bit about budgets? What do, you th- what do you think the budget of this movie was? Is this had to be like nine – had to have been like eighty-five million or something like that. To just just from the CGI alone, because back then oh, CGI yeah. was so expensive, especially with that much CGI that was in the film. That just the bill had to have been atrocious. Littered with CGI, you are very close. Eighty million dollar budget, which is is seem is crazy. I mean, it was supposed to be a blockbuster type movie, and it was supposed mm-hmm. to gather a lot of people. Um, you know, so it makes sense. Eighty million dollar budget. What did it make box office? Oh God, I, I'm so confident that they did not make that they did not make their budget. They had to have made like seventy million. No, my friend, they they made they made money. Did they really? One hundred and thirty six point two million dollars. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, it it did well. I mean, it's it's known as a moderate box office success it would definitely you want to try to make double it should have made 160 but it did not but it made some money so it was a moderate success you are right bill they were supposed to do a, a sequel after this but it did not have enough success for them to feel like putting everything into it uh that they did to create a second one um crazy thing is this actually was uh was the first movie to uh, bust out as number one in box office uh since the titanic Titanic was yes. in theaters right before it. This came through, and it was jokingly nicknamed the Iceberg because it took uh, Titanic away from the number one in the box office at the time. Which which was in there for like five weeks anyway. So. I know, seriously, for five weeks. It was weeks, only a matter of time. Titanic was the king. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it still didn't do well, which is hilarious. Like, Titanic know, was right? amazingly. <laughs> this thing comes in like, oh, man, it broke the Titanic. Yeah, after so long and it came up barely making its money. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> um, all right, next segment for this uh, is Who Would You Rather? Oh uh, this is a segment where we talk about who would we throw into this movie to make it better or different or something we'd want it to be. Bill, do you have anyone in mind who you'd like to see in Lost in Space? Um. All right, for uh, John Robinson, mm-hmm. I would rather have Nicolas Cage because <laughs> <laughs> now, now that's not really a good thing. But hear me out, because he's already a dry actor. So <laughs> what William Hurt did to the character, Nicolas Cage just would that would have been a breeze for him, mm-hmm. and I would have gotten a laugh more out of it than watching William Hurt try and fail. I'm not, I'm not I I kind of agree with you. I don't think William Hurt at all did this part justice. Um I I don't know if if Nick Cage would have been I- I on par with what old John was in the 60s <laughs> version of this, but I think he would have been able to overact well enough that it was readable that he was overacting. <laughs> It, we would have laughed harder when he when he showed up and, it, and and said stuff. It would have added to the nonsense of this movie more so to make it I feel more enjoyable in a bad way. 
Like, it was already <laughs> such a bad movie. You couldn't throw in... Uh, to me, you can't throw anyone in here to make it better. You, you have no. to just redo the movie. It's The directing was weak. The directing was absolutely terrible for it. And that was the main problem. Um, so who I'd throw in here, Bill, though, I don't want to change the director. I do that a lot during these things. I always change that up because I like to really shake things up. Here's what I say you do. You already had Matt LeBlanc in it. You tried to get Matthew Perry. Just throw in the whole Friends cast. Entire cast of Friends takes over the Robinson family. Nice. Phoebe can be Judy. Nah, she'd be more of a Penny. Yeah, she's a Penny. But I think you should just throw in the whole Friends cast and just call it a Friends reunion in space kind of thing. And uh, we'll shape the movie around that and they could do their Friends interactions and that would be absolutely phenomenal. Now, this is going to be a very weak recommendation, though, um, just because I feel like we did not talk enough about Gary Oldman. And I feel a little ashamed of that because I actually in, I enjoyed the man in his act, in his, the movies that he's been in. Yes. I think he's a phenomenal, I think he's a phenomenal actor. Sure is. Um, obviously, this wasn't one of his best roles ever, but I think out of all the character, out of all the actors, he nailed his character the best. Yeah, I, oh, I don't, and I, I think if they ever redid this, they should consider bringing him. They should have considered bringing him back. Yeah, because he he nailed it. I think Gary Oldman did great. You'll you'll know him in case anyone can't think of the name, put a face to it. He was Sirius Black in uh, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, and he was also Commissioner Gordon. Yes. Um, so, I mean, this movie didn't at all hurt his career or anything. It was just another part. But, yeah, he, he did really well. Gary Oldman, I think, did a fantastic job in his part. Unfortunately, not enough to, to save the movie in any way, shape, or form. But it really comes with just very weak directing to not move those characters more and utilize them where they should be. It was just it was a really weak movie overall. Bill, though, we're getting into it. Do you recommend this movie? And if so, uh, how would you recommend people watch it? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? Screw it. Sure, I would recommend this movie once, but have no expectations at all for what for what you think this movie is. That's that's that, that's all I can say. Perfect. So, uh, would you rent it if you can watch it for free? <sighs> if you can watch for free, run with that. Yeah. Um, if you Netflix have a Netflix now. account, yeah. If you have Netflix, I mean, you might as well. You're already paying ten ninety nine a month. You might as well add that to the queue and watch it. See, I'm leaning the opposite direction, Tyler. I do not recommend watching this movie ever. I regret the fact I watched it twice. Uh, I, I think Gary Oldman killed it. I think he's the only thing that was good in this movie. The The plot had... It, I hate seeing a story that's so good and failing mm. miserably. It couldn't keep my focus the two times I watched it. It was so difficult to get into it. I say avoid this movie like the plague. Stay away from it. Don't go anywhere near it and hope to God there is talk of it that Netflix comes out with it to either do a short miniseries on it or a movie because I think recasting and redirecting would definitely spark some – this is a cool concept. They just they just flubbed it. So avoid this at all costs. Maybe watch the, the TV show. Uh, maybe possibly do that. Some real quick things here. Before we continue, uh, I just want to say there in this movie, this is why they didn't want to do a sequel, I can guarantee it. Uh, there were over 3,500 names mentioned in the credits of this film. Yes. Yes. I did Insane. read about that. Also, Ryan, to go back on the comment that you made, uh, Netflix, from what I uh, – if you go on Netflix and you type in Lost in Space, eventually at the bottom you will see a title uh, that shows a Netflix original. It's Lost in Space. So Netflix is already in the works for remaking the show. Oh, perfect. I believe. Now, I haven't heard anything about it. That was like, literally just seeing that. I was like, oh, I guess Netflix is going to be like, okay, let's just take a stab at it. I, I just I so saw an article. I saw an article that back in 2016 there were talks of them doing something with it. That was the last thing I heard. So uh, I think it'd be great if they picked it up because I honestly think 
changing the director up to to create something great. This is a great concept. The TV show is very popular. I think the the family and the idea and the concept would be cool enough to do something small in a remake. I support the remake for this. Just don't screw it up like this movie. Um, but that'll be do it. Oh gosh, that'll do it for this oh episode of yeah, Sinner Shredders, uh, Lost in Space. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, Bill, anything to plug? Um, oh God, reach for the st- skies, kids. Dream hard. Space is there. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I love uh, it. Don't don't let don't let this movie ruin your hopes for space travel. Yeah, there's still hopes. Um, uh, yeah, just say Nikolai Tesla. That's not who's in charge of Tesla <laughs> nowadays. But yeah, Nikolai Tesla, kids, keep your eyes on the sky. Uh, for me, make sure that you check out all the past stuff of Cinema Shredders. Uh, we keep gaining listeners and an audience, and it's awesome. Be sure to communicate with us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our Gmail, which is cinemashredders at gmail.com. And always make sure to check out acepodcast.com. The Ace Podcast Network is our network, our home, our hub. Has awesome uh, podcasts on there. Everything political, scary, story-type things, paranormal things, pop culture things. Um, lots of awesome some uh, stuff on there so go check that out subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts we are available on there with Stitcher and all of those things rate us review us and make sure you tell a friend just tell a friend that's the best way I rely on you guys to just tell a friend and say hey check this out or check out this episode see if they're into it oh that's everything. Gosh, it's so difficult to plug. What a mouthful on. right there for you. Right? Oh, my gosh. It's like I was just in a gangbang porno. Getting hilariously gangbanged huh? by, by the but blue of, But a gangbang <laughs> porno of content. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week on the Shred episode to find out what we'll be watching for the following week. Have a great one. Bye. See ya. See ya.